Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. With us this morning. Hello, Ebenezer. I'm honored and glad to be with you today, sharing from the Word of God. And I look forward to meeting you in person when it's suitable. My name is Shadi Saleh. I am part of the staff at Ebenezer. I am responsible for the Arabic ministries at Ebenezer Baptist Church and also pastoring the Arabic Church of Saskatoon. I came to Canada 10 years ago with my wife and kids as a landed immigrants. And today we'll be uh, closing the summer classics, which uh, we took during the summer weeks. And I will be speaking about Daniel. Of course, Daniel is one of the books in the Old Testament. And I really like Daniel and I like the book of Daniel. My third son, Daniel, went yesterday to the school for the first time in kindergarten and he was so excited. So I love the name Daniel. And today we'll be sharing just a few ideas that I feel that the Lord wants me to share with you. But let me in two or three minutes just give uh, context about this book. Daniel is part of the major prophets in the Old Testament. We have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And there are major prophets and there are minor, 12 minor prophets. They are not called major because they are more important or they are older or anything, just because the book, the book that they wrote, it's bigger than the minor prophets. So the minor prophets usually are smaller in size compared to the major prophets. So Daniel is one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. He lived in the seventh uh, century uh, before Christ. Uh, and he was actually taken from, taken from his home through the Babylon army. The, the kingdom that David built in, in, in Jerusalem and the area around it, of course, after few years, few centuries, it was divided. And God was warning the people that if they are not coming to him, if they are not repenting from the sins that they are doing, the land will be lost. And this is what happened. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah was warning the people that you need to repent. And the prophet Jeremiah was telling the people, there is no time to repent now. You need to be taken to Babylon to northern Iraq, the current northern Iraq, northern part of Iraq, of Iraq. And Ezekiel was also taken with Daniel through the Babylon army. But Daniel was before Ezekiel with, they say, around seven or eight years. So Daniel was taken from his home to another country as a young man. And he belonged to the royal family of, of, uh, of Judea. So he was one of the nobles. And when we start reading in the book of Daniel, we read that Nebuchadnezzar, which is the emperor of the Babylon uh, empire, asked that to choose for him youth 
that are from the royal family and also from the nobles. And they, he asked uh, his servants that this youth must be taken care, for three, taken care of for three years from, for food, for everything they need, so that after three years they will be his counselors. And Daniel was chosen to be part of this group. So we, let's read from Daniel chapter 1. And I will start reading from verse number 5. The king assigned them, the youth, a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, which his name means God is my judge, Hananiah, which his name means God is merciful, Mishael, which is close to Michael, which, is, which means who is like God, and Azariah, which means God is my help. And they were of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs, the chief officer in the palace, gave them names. So Daniel, he called them, he called him Belshazzar. And one of the problems that I have with the English Bible is are the names, how to pronounce the names. So I will try to pronounce the names usually in the way I am used to it in the Arabic language. And he changed the names. And when we see the names, we notice that he took away the name of God, of Yahuwah, from their names and put name, one name of the idols that they were using. So the first one, Belshazzar, he used the name Bill for, for one of the idols that he used. Hananiah, he called Shadrach, and Ak was one of the idols too. Mishael, he called Meshach, which is also one of the idols. And Azariah, he called Abednego, and, which means the slave or the servant of the idol, Nego. But Daniel, and this is the verse that I want to look at today. But Daniel resolved that he would not be, he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. So Daniel decided, resolved in his heart, determined, took this decision that he doesn't want to eat what was given to him from the meat or from the wine. Why? Because maybe some say it was unclean food regarding a Jewish man. So maybe it, it had pork and the Jewish people are, don't eat pork. Or maybe this, was, this meat was uh, usually given for the idols. That's why Daniel didn't want to, peep, to eat that meat or drink from that wine. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who assigned your food and your drink, for why should he see that you were in worse conditions than the youths who are of your age? So you would endanger my head with the king. Then Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And he said, test 
your servants 14 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and, and uh, appearance of the youth who eat the king fo king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. At the end of ten, the 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youth who, are the king's who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and the wine they were drink and gave them vegetables. So uh, Daniel decided to eat vegetables instead of eating the unclean meat and drinking from the king's wine. We, we usually eat vegetables if we want to lose, lose weight, but not to gain weight. A few days ago, I was telling this story to my kids and uh, when we were eating and I told them, imagine that for three years we'll be eating just veget vegetables. And my middle son, Andrew, he, he thought that I'm going to do that. And he said, just vegetables? I told him, yeah. He said, what about pizza? So I told him, maybe vegetarian pizza. So Daniel chose to eat vegetables. And the word, actually, the Hebrew word for that's used or translated vegetables means more grains like lentils, like fava beans and chickpeas. So he was eating that for the first 10 days to prove to the to those who are around him that he will gain weight and he will be in good health and this happened of course for not just the 10 days but for three three years as for those four youth god gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom and daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams and the book of Daniel is filled with visions and dreams. That's why it's called the Revelation, the book of Revelation in the Old Testament. And it's one of the books that usually is under attack in the Old Testament because of two things, because of the, the prophecies that it has, because these visions and dreams were about the future, about the kingdoms that will come on that land till the end of days, till our days. And it proved to be true. So it has a lot of prophecies and also a lot of miracles or signs. We, maybe most of us know about the three men who were cast, casted in the uh, fiery furnace or Daniels in the lion's den. We were singing about that. And even if you don't know about these stories, that's okay. I, I learned about these stories when I was almost 28 years old. So I encourage you to read the book of Daniel. Because as Peter says in, in his second letter, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. But Daniel resolved in his heart not to defile himself with the king's food or with his wine. First thing that I want you to consider is that to think of Daniel as a young man taken away from his place, his country, 
and who, who, who was born in, in a time where his society was co is corrupted away from God. During his early years, he had terrible experiences from wars and exile. And this young man was alone in a different country, went there. I don't know how, it, how long it took him, but for sure he was not riding maybe on a camel or a, a horse. Most probably he was walking all that long, long distance from Jerusalem to northern uh, Iraq. But we see him, he has the chance to be in the palace of the king. And giving this chance, he resolved in his heart not to defile himself with the things around him. So the first point that I want you to consider is that Daniel is teaching us to have a holy will. Holy will. The Lord Jesus says in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for, the, for they shall see God. Also last week we heard from Pastor Chet about uh, Joseph. And we read about Joseph that he, he said in Genesis 39, verse 9, How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And Joseph and Daniel are very similar. Both of them were in a different country at a young age, away from family, away from anybody else. But they decided to have a holy will. They decided to be obedient to our Lord. Joseph said, how can I do this sin? And now we live in a time where people are saying, why not I do this? And instead of saying, why shall I do this? Now people are saying, why not I do this sin. So do we act godly when there is no one around us? Um, there is a book that I encouraged to uh, my, my teenager boy David to read. Uh, it's his name, the book's name, uh, titled Guy's Guide to God, Girls, and the Phone in Your Pocket. And this is what it says in, in one of, uh, of the Pages. I like this book, actually. It's very useful even for me. It says, who are you when no one else uh, is at home? Who are you when you are hanging with your school friends? Who are you in your room late at night? Who are you when you are uh, browsing the internet? Who are you when you are alone with your girlfriend? Daniel decided to have a holy will. But also, he didn't just resolve in his heart, determined that he didn't want to defile himself with the king's food. But then he, it says, therefore he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. They didn't just keep that in his heart, keep that in his heart, but he asked. So also, I saw that he is not having just a holy will, but also a wise will. He had a holy will. That's why he had also a wise will. In uh, Psalms 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Daniel shows us that he feared God. He was not afraid from God, but he feared him. He respected him. He respected his holiness. And he respected that he's seeing him everywhere. So two points here. 
First, he used his tongue. He asked, and then he used it wisely. One of our world, uh, our problems around us today is not that we have too much bad voices, but that the good voices are decided are decided to to stay silent. Christians in general, I don't know why, are preferring to be silent, to be on the side. I know that disagreement in our world today, especially in North America, may sometimes be resolved by suppressing the freedom of speech for one side through shaming. And this makes us ask, where is the mutual respect and the civility? Besides, as Christians, when, why, why you can disagree on anything, but when you mention a Christian value or a Christian truth, then you are under attack. But this should not be an excuse to stay silent. Daniel asked. He tried to find a way, but also he asked wisely. We need to remember that whatever we do, we must do it for the glory of our God not to ourselves. Daniel didn't say, you unclean Gentiles, I will never eat this meat or drink this wine. He acted wisely and used the tools that he has around him to express his faith and honor God. Uh, I wrote like a, some imaginary scenario. What could Daniel be hearing from the people around him? And uh, I will read what, what I wrote for you. Who cares about your God, your God, Daniel? It is Babylon. It is the center of the world. It is a new world. And this is a great opportunity to live really well compared to the others who were brought from Jerusalem. You are not living with the refugees down the river or even wiping floors in this palace or cleaning dishes in the kitchen. You are in a group that will work with the king himself. Great stuff, Daniel, and great future. Grasp the opportunity. Don't be stupid. This is your chance to work with the greatest regimen on earth. Forget about these myths about your God and about the Bible stories. Live your life. Grasp the opportunity. And Daniel grasped the opportunity, but he grasped it to be obedient to his Lord. He asked and he looked for ways to express his faith. That's why he spoke first with the chief of the servants and then he spoke with the one who's responsible directly for him and he said, just give us vegetables, 14 days. He did what he can and then he asked God to do what he can. And I think we need to learn from Daniel about this, this point. So what to do? In, in Psalms 25, 12, 12, it says, Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them. God will instruct those who fear him in the ways they should choose. In James, the Proverbs, or the book of Proverbs of the New Testament, and Ebenezer uh, in one of the summers, took a journey in the book of James. And it says that but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy 
and good fruits, impartial and sincere. James 3.17. Remember that the gospel message was and is only sp spreaded through us, through our messages. We need faithful Christians working in every spot and field of our life. Let's pray for those who are working in the federal and the provincial governments and also in our city here in Saskatoon. So Daniel was having a holy will and also a wise will. But also Daniel was having risk-taking will. He was expecting persecution. I was working with UPS and one of the driving habits or driving things that we learn is expect the unexpected. And I think we need to expect persecution even in Canada. If we continue to read in the book of Daniel, we'll find a lot of uh, stories about the persecution that Daniel and his friends were facing. For example, in chapter 3, they were uh, forced to worship a golden image of the king himself and who was not, to, who was not uh, able to worship that uh, golden image, he was casted in the fiery, burning fiery furnace. So the three friends of, of Daniel were brought into the king's place and they told him, they, they said, we, we will not worship your God. We will not worship this image because it's not allowed in our Jewish tradition. So in Daniel 3.17 it says, if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But listen what they said later. But if not, if we were not delivered, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Also, in chapter 6, we read about Daniel's in the lion's den. And he said that my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. Persecution level increases with time. And this is what we see in the book of Daniel. For example, it started with changing their language and names and then threatening them that if they don't worship or change their worship, change their God, then they will be killed. And also in the book of Acts, we, we see an increase, like step-by-step step increase of the persecution level. We see at the beginning, the disciples were threatened not to speak about Jesus. Then they were thrown in, in the jail. Then they were beaten and physically abused. And then Stephen was killed. And James, one of the 12 disciples, was killed. And also in the Christian history, we, we see that. And si the signs of our days proves that the persecution level will increase and is increasing with time. And let me say, thanks God for this. Our world, communities, and our churches were all shaken the last few months, of course, because of the COVID crisis. In the church before COVID, we reached a level of plateau where we were satisfied with what we have. Sermons, revival meetings, activities, even in the Middle East. The church went, to, went into hibernation, what I call hibernation. And when I speak about the church, I speak about myself. 
a member in the local church and a member in the body of Christ everywhere. So now, post-COVID, if we are really post-COVID, our faith will be tested. What we got during the good years will be now tested if it's good enough during the coming years. But remember, testing the gold in fire will make it purer and more valuable. In 2 Timothy 3.12, the Apostle Paul in his last letter to Timothy said, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And this verse, I consider it an encouragement and a warning. An encouragement because if you are being persecuted, that means you are desiring to live a godly life. But also a warning, if we are not any under any persecution, then this is a warning that maybe we are not desiring to live a godly life. And notice the verse doesn't say who live a godly life will be persecuted. Even if you desire to live a godly life, you will be persecuted. So Daniel has had a holy will, a wise will, a risk-taking will. And my last point, finish well. He finished well. Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. And this is uh, what we read in chapter 1, verse 21. And almost he lived 70 years in, in Babylon, which was the time for his people to come back according to the prophecy from the prophet Jeremiah. And we read about that in chapter 9 of, uh, of Daniel when he was praying to God that, God, this is the time that you told Jeremiah, after 70 years, I will bring you back to this land. This is the time. And he started praying and fasting for his people. Daniel was a man who lived around kings in different regiments, the Babylon regiment and then the Persian regiment. But he always glorified God. And he glorified God till the end. We need those who started the faith journey to finish the race well. In 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, Do you not know that, it is, that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. And this is a message for me and for everyone. Run the race. Continue the race till the end. He was faithful to his God. Trusting God's word to be true, even if the world around him showed denial to his God and his word. He was also faithful to his people, repenting in behalf of his people, praying earnestly and fasting, setting an example for them and for us. He was waiting the Son of Man to establish his kingdom. The Son of Man came at the beginning to, to die and rise for our sins and for our righteousness. But he is coming again to rule this earth with righteousness. Stay faithful and finish the race well. Second Corinthians 2.14 But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. We are in a triumphal the triumphal part. We are in the winning side. We are with God. 
we are not entering a field where we don't know who will win. God wins. And what he wants us to do is to finish the race as we started. Just to remind you, Daniel had a holy will, wise will, risk-taking will, and he finished well. God bless you, and uh, I hope I will see you soon. We'll be sharing the Lord's Supper together and as we are celebrating the Lord's death and resurrection, we need to remember as we were hearing from the book of Daniel 
that Daniel was waiting for the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the Son of Man, to come and establish his kingdom on earth. And we are also waiting for, the, for Christ's second coming. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So let's remember and remind ourselves every day and encourage each other that the Lord is coming and he is coming soon. I will be reading from the same chapter, verse 23, and give thanks to the bread and sharing the bread and then give thanks to the cup and then sharing the cup. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. So he took a bread and gave thanks. Lord, I thank you because you are the bread of life. I thank you, Lord, because you came down from heaven to give us life. I thank you because you are like this bread. You went into the fire so that you will give us this life. I thank you also because of all your body, which is one around the world, as this bread. This bread is one, and we are, although we are many, but we are one. But we thank you because you were broken, so that we'll be united. And we were brought to our God, our Father, through you. Thank you, Lord. So he took a bread and break it and said, this is my body, which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was shed on the blood on the cross for us. We thank you because through this blood we have forgiveness of sins. We thank you because of this blood we can come boldly to our Father and enter his holiness without fear, with knowing that you are accepting us because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this blood and we pray, Lord, and ask you that we live according to the holiness of this blood and we don't take this blood easily and that we live a holy life and we glorify you in everything we do. In Jesus' name. So he took the cup and he said, this is my blood which was shed for you, the new covenant. Do this as you drink in remembrance of me. For as you often, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Maranatha, the Lord is near.
Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you and thanks for listening.